0: everyone and welcome to Raking Coals. We are looking at episode 11 here of Raking Coals. I am Cody Haggard, one of your hosts, and joined with me as always is Josh Fousey. How are you today, Josh? I am good. I am good as well. Josh and I actually just got back from watching the newest film in the Marvel film franchise, Captain Marvel. And I will start by saying I thought it was pretty good. What would you think, Josh? I thought it was good. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, I liked the movie. We're not going to get too much into the movie here, but I think it's something that I would personally like to discuss on an After Sunday discussion and kind of talk about uh, some of the things about the movie. There has been a little bit of controversy around the movie, which is interesting to me, especially after seeing it. But, Josh, do you think um, do you think the controversy and the outrage is a little out of place in some, some areas?
1: It's... The I read a ton of stuff. I saw a lot of things about just, especially Christians, just bashing it. And after seeing the movie, I kind of think a lot of it's unfounded and might be pulling a little bit too much.
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree. So, overall, my take is that the movie was pretty good. I definitely would say it's family friendly. Like, you mm.
1: could. There's a couple words. Yeah,
0: I mean, obviously, you don't want to take like your five or six year old. But w- wasn't there like a seven year old behind us? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's PG-13, and if you're fine with your children seeing the rest of the Marvel movies, depending on what that is for you as a parent, uh, this one is no worse or more yeah. inappropriate or anything like that. Uh, and it was fun. It was mm-hmm. a fun movie. There was yep. some some cool action. There was some good humor, and I thought it was okay. Anyway, today on Raking Coals, we are going to be talking about spiritual gifts. We mentioned in our last episode of Raking Coals that we should do a podcast about it sometime, and then immediately after recording that podcast, we decided our next podcast, we're going to talk about spiritual gifts. Now, Josh, when do you think the, the first time you kind of started learning about spiritual gifts was? Because I know this wasn't something I really got all that into early on in my faith, to, to be quite honest. It's something I kind of learned a little later and... Got to know a little bit more as I grew up as a Christian because it's not really Sunday school material.
1: No, I mean they talk about it in Sunday school. I mean at least the Sunday schools I've been a part of. But yeah, you don't really don't. Well, no, okay. So I'm going to disagree with you because when when are you qualifying early in your faith? Uh, I would say like like pre pre high school. Okay. Okay, then then I won't disagree with you because I remember in high school for that Bible study that we were at, you actually printed out this huge long test and you made everybody take it. <laughs>
0: yeah, I did. I did do that. I remember that.
1: And I, I, I still have mine somewhere. But all I know is that there was like workmanship or something in it. And I'm like looking at like. Going back and reviewing, I don't think that test was probably the best one that we it, should have. It used. probably
0: wasn't. I was I was young at the time. I was really starting to dabble in with teaching the Bible oh. for the first time, and so I was a little raw. I was a little green, uh, and I think that I just recycled a lesson I had learned like a couple weeks previously. Like full disclosure,
1: <laughs> I love it. Oh no, I. Have you done that since? (laughs) No, no.
0: I actually don't really recycle lessons. I don't really ever use anybody else's material when I teach. Sometimes if someone has like a good illustration, I'll use it. Mm -hmm. But I typically like to credit the person who I heard it from Mm -hmm. um, because it's just I think it's only fair. Right. Uh, But, yeah, I don't really recycle a lot of um, stuff anymore. When I was young in my faith, though, when I had no idea what I was doing, especially like as a 17-year-old teaching Bible studies, (laughs) I didn't know much.
1: You kind of pulled from all your resources. Yeah. Yeah. Which wasn't many. (laughs) No, I, going, uh, yeah. Because I think, that's like the, that's the, probably one of the earliest memories of us talking about, or at least me, like really thinking about what my spiritual gift was. But, so high school, I mean, yeah, and it was that test, and I hate those tests. I just took one the other day, actually. Because you you sent me that list, so Cody sent me a list that's actually, I think, really well done. Um, but there was a test attached to it, so I signed up and I took the test, and it was a Myers Briggs test. That's what it was, and it came back, and I think it was totally skewed because the questions were, like, it was not incredibly accurate, somewhat inaccurate, neither accurate or inaccurate somewhat accurate or extremely accurate. And like every question was like, do you believe Jesus has got like, and you're like, well, yes, I believe this. So it's going to be like, I, I found myself there were, there weren't many where I was going to the inaccurate side of the house. Right. And then the the results all come back is literally they have the list of all those spiritual gifts. And it's like, hi, 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 hi. And it was like only one where I was like, average
0: (laughs) well josh i think we found out that basically you are the superhero of no absolutely not that is the biggest lie in the world we're going to talk a little bit more about this test in a moment but (laughs) uh but yeah just historically speaking i I didn't really learn much about spiritual gifts till i was in high school uh, and at that point i had been a christian for probably five six years so so a little bit more mature in my faith, and it, you definitely kind of have to know someone who's wanting to talk about it, or like if you're interested in getting involved in ministry, you've probably heard it brought up, wanting to use your gift. And that's kind of where it's been brought up on this podcast, is talking about spiritual gifts. And there is some debate around the topic of spiritual gifts, things like tongues and prophecy, and what does that mean at this day and age. And so we'll we'll, we'll get into that, and we'll discuss through Uh, Some of that stuff. But I think the reason why we want to have this discussion and at least point to some resources is we've mentioned spiritual gifts a lot. We've mentioned 1 Corinthians 12 being a good passage to look at for spiritual gifts. We've mentioned Romans 12 being a good passage. But those aren't exhaustive lists. There are spiritual gifts that come up in Ephesians 4... Yeah, Ephesians um, four First Peter's you,
1: I can't remember what it is. Dude? You got
0: stuff in, in First Peter, you got stuff in Timothy and Titus that referred mm-hmm. to like the gift of, of Pastor Shepherd. And and so we'll talk about this stuff and Josh, would you say that a spiritual gifts test and we'll kind of give this resource a minute, do you think a spiritual gifts test is a good thing? for someone to go to who is just doing this for the the first time like you've never really studied spiritual gifts they're just trying to find out what kind of ministry they should get involved in is a spiritual gifts test a good thing to do or do you think it's better to just try things and find out on your own
1: honestly i think it's better best to just try things just straight up because like so you don't know what the what the thought process is behind how they score the test. You don't understand how they're doing the whole statistical analysis, and essentially, a lot of those are just a recycled Myers Briggs, kind of like those quizzes that you take on Facebook or Instagram, where it's like, find out what Marvel character you you most are like, and they they try to match up. It's a, it's essentially a personality test, right? And um and yes, I mean those can be somewhat. Helpful, But until you actually go and try stuff and figure out, like, where is God able to use you best? What's what's the thing that's in your wheelhouse the most? What comes the most naturally for you? What what is the thing that the spirit has equipped you with? I mean, you're 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 kind of just taking tests.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and so I, I will say there is a good resource out there and it is called spiritualgiftstest.com and there is a spiritual gifts test but this is what I actually think is very good about the website is there is this section so if you guys are on your computer at home and you want to look at this as we're talking about it right now it's uh, you go to spiritualgiftstest.com you go to resources and you go to definitions and descriptions and there is a good list of all the different spiritual gifts as far as these uh, this group has identified them in scripture because something is is that is there a difference between a spiritual gift and a talent so Josh what do you think is there a difference oh, between yeah, a spiritual absolutely. gift and a talent
1: absolutely yes because you have i mean you have the, your your physical talents which are i mean you think about people at the church music ministry you have your just Carp like the housekeeping stuff when it comes to like fix it like i mean carpentry or mechanicals like that those are physical talents art art is a talent okay and and those are very useful in the church but it's it's not it's like your spiritual gifts are what as scripture says they're given by the holy spirit right and and um those physical talents that we have can be vehicles for our spiritual gifts to be used. Okay, Because, I mean, I, I think of like, um, I was reading an article the other, doing the research for this, and they said, look at music ministry. Someone's spiritual gift could be evangelism. And they, and the way they use their physical talent of singing allows them to evangelize through song. And that's, wh- that's the vehicle where their physical talent talent is used for their spiritual gift. Yeah. I mean, so, yes. I think there's a very distinct difference. Yeah.
0: And that's, I mean, it was an obvious question. I knew what Josh was (laughs) going to say by asking him that. But also, it's something I think we need to be clear about is that there are people who have talents that are talented at a lot of things, but they're not necessarily spiritual gifts because when we look at spiritual gifts, we're looking at things that are what I would consider to be absolutely necessary for a church to thrive and absolutely not absolutely but completely special in a church environment and and where i kind of come to this conclusion is is first by looking at one of the spiritual gifts passages which is first corinthians 12 starting in 12 saying for just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body though many are one body so it is with christ for in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of, the, of one spirit. And then there's a lot of stuff talked about about the body. The next verse says, For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. And then there's the list of, of all these different illustrations about the body. And one of my favorite verses in this whole entire passage is before he gets into the list of the various different spiritual gifts is 1226, where it says, if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. And it's this image of the church being able to be built up by one another and the church being able to be torn down by others as well. In the way in which the church is built up is by the use of spiritual gifts, which is then what Paul gets into in the next few verses. And I won't read that because we'll be going through this list here. But I think that's kind of the evidence for me, where spiritual gifts are meant to build up the church and make it the unique community in Christ that it is. And so that's why I think it's important for us to know what they are versus actual talents, because I might be a phenomenal athlete, but...
1: Athleticism is not a spiritual gift, yeah, and I I love the passage that you brought up because because it uses the analogy of the body. Yeah, and the body I mean a body can't be made up of just fingers, all right? Just like and and that kind of goes directly into a a church can't all be made up of one of a group of people with only one spiritual gift, like the same spiritual gift. There needs to be diversity. Yeah, and um. And yes, like you have your pastor who probably has the spiritual gift of teaching. (laughs) Probably should. Um, And and I know a lot of times you will find, like, I don't know why. I feel like it's in our generation. I don't. It might be our parents' generation too when they were younger. But it's like everybody always wants to be the pastor. Like, do you find that? I, I mean, what do you mean? Like, they want to be able to go up on stage and speak. And give a sermon. Either I don't.
0: Everybody wants to be that, or you think everyone thinks that that's the end game?
1: They think it's the end game. Okay. okay. I think. I think it's this. I don't know. It's. I find myself currently in a circle of people who like all they want to do is be the person on the podium speaking, and it's like that's not that's not something everybody can do, and that's not some and and that's not what everybody's gifted with. And when you have people who are chasing after that, they, I think, in turn, are actually hurting the church by doing it because they're not using the gifts that God gave them.
0: Right, or or thinking that Christian spiritual maturity is kind of this— very defined one track path of like all right you start here and eventually you'll be a pastor but if you're part of a complementarian church and you're a woman well what does that mean and mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a different topic well, from okay here's time. A, here's a
1: question for you okay does spiritual gifts are spiritual gifts a sign of spiritual maturity
0: That's a good question, because there is nothing in the Bible that would confirm that. Mm -hmm. There's nothing in the Bible that says spiritual gifts are a sign of spiritual maturity. I will definitely say that spiritual maturity, if you are spiritually mature, you've been a Christian for a time, you have a relationship with Christ, you understand what it is to live by faith, that you are going to be more in tune with what your spiritual gift is, Mm -hmm. and So maybe a little bit of yes and no, because I think if you're not spiritually mature, you probably haven't effectively served or ministered to the point of where you can identify your spiritual gift. But however, it doesn't mean you don't have the gift. Mm-hmm. And that also gets into the question of, can there be times in your life where you have a spiritual gift and times in your life when you don't?
1: Like Can you lose your spiritual gift?
0: Can you lose it? It's it's tricky because none of this is talked about in right. the Bible. Because
1: mm-hmm. um, and- you you go on the internet and you read things, articles, web pages, and then like it's it's a it it goes from one extreme to the other where it's like you can have all of these spiritual gifts and you never lose them to you lose your spiritual gifts and you like it's it's a full sign of your you only mature Christians have. A spiritual gift. It's kind of like a lot of people are really divided about it. And the reality is is that, I mean, look at what Scripture says. Scripture says that we have at least one, and it's Spirit-given. Right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, and so here's an interesting thing, though, about losing or gaining spiritual gifts. And this is getting way out there. And this is mainly more for fun than me really trying to make a, a point. Say, for example, you have a pastor who is a phenomenal preacher. Phenomenal preacher, phenomenal teacher. But later in life, he gets Alzheimer's. That is going to take away his ability to teach. Because all that goes into teaching and preaching, you need your mind. However, I don't know. I don't know a bunch of pastors who have gotten Alzheimer's and still been able to get up and preach. I haven't heard these stories. I'm just merely speculating. But however, with someone's mind, suffering with this disease i would assume they wouldn't be able to do it anymore so would that be a loss of the spiritual gift or
1: is it like would that be a realignment because like bringing a up realignment, a, yeah I, you bring up a a great we, there's a pastor in the city in the town next to us like bordering town who from everything i've heard he's a he was a phenomenal teacher like, everybody that I know that goes to the church that he used to preach at, they're like, that is his spiritual gift. Okay? But he got a really severe disease and had to step down from preaching. Right. So what does he do now? He He's he's more in an encouraging role. Okay. And he doesn't preach anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's like, so so that brings up the question. It's like, yeah, he probably can still preach just as well, but he's not able to because of his illness. Right. So he goes to what he, what's the other gift that? that's next in his wheelhouse is encouragement. Yeah. And it brings up like, can like, do we all have the ability to have multiple gifts and just one is more manifest than the other? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. (laughs)
0: And, and and as I look through this list here, there is the, 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 what I will call the front man gifts, right? You're Mm -hmm. the actor on the stage to Mm -hmm. use, if we use performance and stage as a metaphor, Service is not a performance. Christianity is not a performance. Ministry is not a performance. Please don't get this wrong. But we're just using metaphor of of uh, a play, for example. The actors are your performers. And those are the up front, the front, front men and women of the play. And I think you have a bunch of gifts that align with that. But then the the show cannot go on without the behind-the-scenes people. And I look at this list, and I see a lot of behind-the-scenes quiet gifts mm-hmm. here that are just as necessary for the church if not even more so because I look at at this one down here the um, <clears throat> the gift of wisdom for example like how did, you know like wisdom I think obviously you can show wisdom through through your preaching your teaching your evangelism but I think when people really connect with wisdom is when they're just paying attention to how you live your life Mm -hmm. and you're just doing it. And and you're able to exhort people in what I would consider to be a one-on-one or a two-on-two or a small group scenario where people are able to kind of take in that wisdom, see that wisdom, and you share that wisdom. Um, And I think it's just, it's one of those ones. It's kind of behind the scenes. I think giving, obviously, is behind the scenes because that's one thing we're not doing, right? We're not like yelling how much our check is during offering, (laughs) <laughs> on, on Sunday morning, or at least we shouldn't be. Um, <clears throat> and there's lots of faith, uh, even exhortation, discernment, all those things, administration are yeah. very, you know, more behind the scenes stuff, but very necessary for the church.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times, you'll see spiritual gifts listed in two groups: from like ministry gifts and support gifts. Yeah, and um, like like mercy, where does that fit in? <laughs>
0: Right, yeah, the gift of mercy. I mean,
1: I think I think it's really important. I think we should go through the list. Yeah, okay. we've been talking about it. We we'll need to. A-
0: yeah, we'll go through the list here. And, and honestly, I don't really want to read all that they have here on each specific one, uh, because because it would just probably be boring for people listening. Mm-hmm. But I'll, I'll go through and read at least what is on the the list, and we'll start to talk about some of these. Uh, first, here we have spiritualgiftstest.com under resources, definitions, and descriptions. Here's just the list that you're going to see. You're going to see administration, apostleship, discernment, evangelism, exhortation, faith, giving, healing, interpretation of tongues, knowledge, leadership, mercy, miracles, pastor, shepherd, prophecy, serving, ministering, teaching, tongues, wisdom. So there's the list for, for those of you who aren't, um, following along at home or able to look on your screen or anything like that. And Josh, as we kind of read through that list, are there any, as you kind of took some notes there, were there any that stuck out to you, surprised you that were on there or that, you'd never thought about before or hadn't really noticed much before <clears throat> or well, hadn't I, heard about before
1: so knowledge knowledge okay um help <laughs> i just I, I don't know um help to, which i don't I, see
0: help on here
1: I have the list i saw I had help on it serving
0: ministering maybe um, It might be that one. Okay, so yeah. so knowledge, for example, this was this was also another one uh, that stuck out to stuck out to me, and uh, the script the scriptural emphasis in First Corinthians twelve eight. I'm reading from the site at this point is on the ability to speak this knowledge to others in a given situation. So First Corinthians twelve eight is kind of what they're using as a source material here. I've got it, I've got it pulled up right here it says for one for to one is given through the spirit the utterance of wisdom and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same spirit so it is referred to as a spiritual gift from the spirit uh of god that certain people are given um the utterance of wisdom and the utterance of knowledge which it's this picture of the sharing of of knowledge and the sharing of, of wisdom right and so obviously in order to be able to share those things you have to be able to gain those things at some point or another but then it, it's the question of <clears throat> are people more spiritually gifted to to gain knowledge are some people just more hungry for knowledge does god uniquely gear people for for that and i think i think yes Cause here's the thing i have in my laptop here thousands of books written by hundreds of people who are a million times smarter than i am and i love what they write and i love what they research and i love what i can learn from them and i think about it and i think about myself and i think about how god's made me and as much as i love that scholarly work God has not made me to do that scholarly work. He's made me to read those books, Mm -hmm. but the books that the writers of the books
1: are reading, God has not made me to read those books. So, and it's, it's interesting because you have like wisdom takes it. It's like, what do you do with that knowledge now? Right. (laughs) And it kind of like, that's where the spiritual gifts start playing off of each other Mm -hmm. where you have like, yeah, you might like Cody might have the gift of leadership and I have the gift of administration. Okay. He leads. I make sure he knows what what what's entailing yeah. with what his vision might be. And it's like that's 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 the beauty is that they all kinda interlink with each other and they all work together. And that's why like you should be trying to figure out what your spiritual gift is because I mean You'll you'll be able to work alongside the other people in your church if everybody's doing what their spiritual gift is, and it becomes more like a conducive, unified community.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and another one I want to look at here is this one specifically, serving, ministering, because we have—
1: Which I looked at that list I was originally looking at. That's what HELP is. Okay,
0: okay serving ministering so this is something that i want to point out because we've talked about here on this podcast time and time again that every christian should be ministering and serving so then you might be thinking well well if if i don't have the spiritual gift should i drop out now should i unsubscribe now definitely not hear me out on this so serving slash ministering Let's look at what we see here. The spiritual gift of service, this is on the website, or ministering covers a wide range of activities in its application. There are two Greek words for this gift. The first one found in Romans 12, 7 is diacon. I actually took Figure Greek and out. I can't say this. Diaconia, And the basic meaning of this word is to wait Tables. And we'll skip a couple uh, sentences here. The word antilepsis is translated helping and is found in 1 Corinthians twelve twenty-eight. It has a similar meaning to help or aid in love within the community. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit endows some believers with this gift to fill the many gaps of ministry and meet the needs of the church as it fulfills the Great Commission. The goal is to energize the church and free up others to use their gifts to the fullest. The result is the continued edification of the church and the added ability to see beyond its own needs and reach out into the community. So it's very much this reaching out service, this reaching out and ministering, and, and being a, a helper. There are some people who are fantastic helpers. There are some people who are not. Like if I, if I ask at the end of church service, for example, periodically we have to ask people to stack chairs in the auditorium. I'm thinking of all the memes right now. And and, here is, and here's what happens. As soon as I say that and I say the closing prayer and, and people are dismissed to do that, I can think of five people who, before they say goodbye to anybody or shake anybody's hands, they have started stacking the chairs. And I can think of five more people who will not touch a single chair. And so, so I would say the five people who immediately jump in and start helping, start serving, obviously God has gifted them in such a way where they respond to the call to action. They respond to the call of, we need your help. They're in there. They don't care what it is. They'll be hand- the hands and feet to do it. And so this doesn't mean that if you don't have that specific spiritual gift, that you don't do ministry. That's I just don't want anyone to get confused over that. And I don't think anyone would, but also you have no excuses now. i got to put that out there. No excuses.
1: Um. I think the other thing, too, is like evangelism's on this list. Yeah. And like every Christian is called by the Great Commission to go evangelize. And it it's not that we're all like, oh, evangelism isn't my spiritual gift. Like, so I'm off the hook. No, it's there are certain people who for them evangelism comes naturally and easily to and they're able to do it well. And yeah. there's some people who you tell them to go evangelize to somebody and they will freak out and probably run away
0: (laughs) yeah yeah it's true and it kind of it just depends on on how you're geared some people they hear about going out in their community evangelizing and sharing the gospel and they can do it and there's other people who that just scares the daylights out of them and Mm -hmm. you know if it scares the daylights out of you to evangelize that doesn't mean you're a bad christian Mm -hmm. it just means god's made you a little bit of a different way Mm-hmm. but you can't fight You can't fight it all the time forever for the rest of your life. You know, you've got to be willing to share your faith in some capacity, and there will be an environment where you will find your niche and where God right. gears you to be able to do
1: that. So I'm going to ask you somewhat of a controversial question. Yeah. All right. What do you think about the gift of tongues, interpreting and speaking?
0: <laughs> yeah. We were going to have to go there at some point. Uh, the gift of tongues, interpreting tongues... We'll we'll have to talk about that, and we'll also have to talk about the gift of healing, and specifically what this website says about healing. I thought was very interesting, but we'll get into that next. So now we're talking about tongues, interpretation of tongues, healing, miracles, these How types about apostleship? of things. <laughs> these types of things, yeah, apostleship is on there as well. Um, uh, apostleship, I think that this site, Spiritual Gifts Test, actually does a really good job in categorizing it. Um, but for now talking, I'm about- just
1: gonna can I can I clarify something really quick? Yeah. So like yeah, we keep on pointing back to this website, but the reason we're doing it is because like Cody's the one who found it and he did the research behind it. And like I went through and I was looking at it. and their their thought process when it comes to the explanations is very well thought out. And they give really good references to support what they're saying. Yeah. And it's not just something that, hey, we found this on the internet and whatever. Like, we took some time and actually looked into it. Yeah, and I've
0: known about this website. I've known about this website for years. So it's not like this was new to me or yeah, I just did a quick Google search or anything like that. I've known about this website for years. It's a resource that I've trusted for a while. And so there is a lot of good things on here. But yeah, people who have questions, there might be people who are listening from a Pentecostal background or more charismatic background who have actually seen this practiced, the use of angelic tongues and the lack of interpretation of tongues in those instances sometimes happens. But one thing that we'll talk about, right, is there is two trains of thought. There is the train of thought that thinks that the use of tongues and the interpretation of tongues is thriving in the church right now, and and it's angelic tongues are spoken. These are things that are happening, and it's never gone away. And then there is a train of thought, which also says tongues and the interpretation of tongues were sign gifts used in the early church days in order to be able to spread the gospel rapidly because of the, just the reality that um, it wasn't as easy to learn a foreign language and speak in all different types of tongues as it is today. You can, you can learn a language roughly pretty quick in a, in a year or two. But going around the ancient Near Eastern world, there was the commonality of the Greek language, which could be spoken. But if we look at uh, Acts chapter two, when when Pentecost happens, we see that the apostles are speaking tongues, and people are recognizing the apostles speaking tongues from their home lands, their native towns, and they knew by seeing this practice that something special was going on here they were saying well, aren't these men from galilee these they're speaking my tongue this doesn't make any sense and so god used that in a way to show the miraculous sign that um, a new covenant had come a new promise had come the holy spirit had come And so there's a train of thought that thinks that that was the gift of tongues and its interpretation was used for the expansion of the church in the early days. And since the apostles' time is over, so is the use of the gift of tongues. And then there's people who kind of fall somewhere in the middle. You're not going to put God in a box. And I'm not going to say that God's totally shut off these gifts, but I am going to say I don't think it's as prevalent As it would have been in the early first century days But at the same time It's not to say that it can't happen And I don't I don't know if I'm willing to Even go as far as saying like If you have the gift of tongues It means you're very talented At learning languages rapidly Or or something like that And I don't want to go To that point which maybe Maybe it could be You know God evolved the gift of tongues Over time uh, we use the word "evolved" on a Christian podcast. Yeah, holy, oh my man. goodness,
1: we're terrible <laughs> holy people. Holy cow! Um, we're gonna lose everybody who listens now.
0: So, and I kind of fall somewhere in in the train of thought, like I mentioned. I'm not gonna put God in a box and say that the gift of tongues isn't used. However, I'm just super skeptical of the babbling, and and the and honestly, if there's an interpreter. I guess he can be telling the truth, or she can be telling the truth, but I think it was more for that bringing the church together in unity—people from all different tribes and different nations—and like honoring God in that way. So, say you have, say you have someone from <clears throat> from the northwestern part of the ancient Near Eastern world, part of your congregation. You have a meeting back in Antioch, and this person has traveled, and they're part of the Christian brotherhood. And so they, they whoever is preaching uses the gifts of tongues and starts preaching in this native person's language. And then there's someone there who can interpret it for those people who aren't native to, to that the, land. Right, right. And, and so it's just a way in which the unification could be seen. And that's kind of how I understand it. I don't think it's something that... Also, I don't think it is something that is necessary in churches, the gift of tongues. Uh, we talked about many of these being necessities and necessary for the life and success of a church. I don't think tongues and its interpretation is necessary. And so I think that that's kind of how it, it mm-hmm. falls. I think that they're most likely spoken, uttered languages that could be easy to understand. So someone going, blah, 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 does not sound to me like a real language. No language sounds like that. And hopefully that makes sense to people, but that's kind of where I fall. Okay. Uh.
1: Okay. Yeah. So pretty much what you just said was you believe that the the gift of tongues is is speaking a different language and interpreting that language so that other people who might not know the language that's being spoken at the time can understand. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Because there's going to be people who disagree with you on this.
0: There's going to be people <laughs> who disagree. And and here's what I'll say. We come from a conservative evangelical background, Josh and I both. And there are different trains of thought within conservative evangelicalism that I think are hair-splitting things. You know, mm-hmm. we're not talking about the difference of the gospel. We're not talking about the difference of who is saved we're not even talking about the difference of basic church practices right. we're talking about really small small things and sometimes that these are things that they may they'll definitely affect where you decide to go to church however it doesn't necessarily mean that it should affect who we work with in right. other churches it, it shouldn't get in the way of what we do at at e43 here like mm-hmm. I, those who are from a charismatic background i i agree with with most of what happens in charismatic churches, there's just certain things where I'm like, I'm not sure where I stand on that. I, I don't think I fall in line theologically, where where you fall on the gift of tongues and its interpretation. But however, that doesn't mean I I wouldn't serve with you. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean I wouldn't. Wa- I think
1: that's the that's the important thing is that like we we make such a big deal of the small things, and that's what hurts the church and its impact. And when we're talking about spiritual gifts and using your spiritual gifts, somebody might use the same spiritual gift you have in a different way. Oh yeah. Okay. And that doesn't make them wrong. No. And a lot, and as, as much as it pains me, you see it where Christians will judge other Christians for doing certain things that they might not, think is either necessary or what they approve of or whatever and it's like well that's not the important thing the important thing is following after christ wholeheartedly in mutual submission to him and doing what he says (laughs) yeah and that might look different but because we're all called differently and that's just kind of how it works right (laughs) yeah but I so okay, I asked about another one. So, what are your thoughts about apostleship? Because I mean, w- there were 12 apostles, I mean. right? Yeah, <laughs> so,
0: so the gift of apostleship, and, and this is one that we got to differentiate between the 12 apostles and then the gift of apostleship. Right. Which, if anyone is looking at spiritualgiftstest.com, they do a good job here. They they do a good job. Uh, but basically the twelve apostles were those who actually are were the eyewitnesses to Jesus Christ and his ministry. And then the gift of apostleship is is not necessarily being one of those twelve. Those twelve had the gift of apostleship. Mm-hmm. For sure. Like what like they couldn't have been apostles without that gift. But uh here right here i'm just gonna read this line because it's helpful the mission for those with the gift of apostleship today is to plant new ministries and churches go into places where the gospel is not preached reach across cultures to establish churches in challenging environments raise up and develop leaders call out and lead pastors and shepherds and much more i think you're talking about a very very strong witness someone who is able uh who i think obviously this is going to be someone who is spiritually mature we talked about the relationship between spiritual maturity and spiritual gifts i think someone with the gift of apostleship is going to have to be someone who's spiritually mature because what they are exemplifying is a very very powerful witness for christ being able to go into situations and areas where christ is not known and virtually be the best possible mini Christ that they can be to the point of where when people see the way in which they live their lives, see the way in which they talk about Christ, see, see the way in which they talk about God, they are drawn to God, Christ, the Holy Spirit, because of this person's life. And and that's how I understand apostleship, the gift of it. And I do think that that is an active gift
1: mm-hmm. within the church. I think. So the, these are your missionaries. These are the people who are going to a place and no support no nothing and they're building up churches from the foundation up.
0: Yeah, I that's I definitely think missionaries should be gifted with this. Okay. Absolutely. What do you think, mm-hmm.
1: Josh? I I mean, I totally agree with you and I think cuz the reason I asked that is I know that we're pretty much on the same page on at least those two questions. Um but yeah, no, I I think that um God has gifted individuals with the ability to do that, and he's he's gifted people with the ability to 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 not only go into the places where the where the gospel needs to go that nobody else has touched, but to recognize and to identify those places. Yeah, because I mean, I like I think of like the pastors at City View, and um, like Pastor Ken, in my opinion, has this gift. Like this is. because like they picked downtown cleveland which cleveland has a ton of churches but there are no there's nothing there was nothing going on in downtown cleveland right and like he was like him and pastor bill were able to identify this place and then start a plant and that like pastor ken pastor bill has a really good like he's really good with administration pastor ken's really really good with what i would say is apostleship um and those are the two example, two direct examples that I have on that. Um, is there anything on? Is there anything that surprises surprise you that isn't on the list that I think the church kind of overemphasizes? Like, are there are there talents that churches and people in churches focus on and exemplify? That aren't on the list of spiritual gifts.
0: Yes, there is. There is a resounding one. A resounding one. I want to see if it's the one that I'm thinking. Which you mentioned early in the podcast already. There is no gift of music.
1: That's what I was thinking. There
0: is no gift of music in any spiritual gift list in the Bible, on this website, in anybody's collection of information. There is no gift of music and and that is where I love I love good music. I I get excited about good music. And for those of you who uh, most of you you've never heard me talk about my music taste on here. I like the type of music that 95% of people on this planet probably are not into. I like orchestral arrangements, I like classical music, I like well-composed music. I You like, also
1: really like rap. I okay. like technical music. <laughs> I
0: do like hip hop. I or I did. Hip hop is in a very confused state right now. The most, Within the
1: church or just in general? A
0: little bit of both. Um but anyway, that is a just different conversation. Different conversation. But at the same time, music is something that happens in each and every church service right mm-hmm. so we don't have church services without music but why is there no spiritual gift of music and i think part of the reason why is because music is meant for worship and musical talent is not necessary in order to worship god you can worship god through song and not be musically talented you can get a group of people to sing and Sing joyfully and it can worship God, and it does not have to be quote unquote good, but in God's eyes, it can be seen as good, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, but so before I go off on like this hot take here, uh, Josh, what are your thoughts? Of I, I being mean, absent? it's
1: like I said earlier, it's a f- there are people who have the physical talent of being musically. Adept. Yeah. (laughs) And that is a vehicle for them to be able to use their spiritual gifts, but it is not a spiritual gift. But and it drives me insane because I've been to a lot of churches where the worship team and the talents that are along that come along with those individuals have been elevated, in my opinion, higher than most people's spiritual gifts. Yeah. Like, I mean, you look at the spiritual gift of just of service or of administration or of faith or knowledge or wisdom, and they are not as held as high of esteem, if you want to put it that way, mm-hmm. in churches, where it's like, no, this person's on the worship team.
0: Yeah.
1: It's like, well, oh, this yeah. person's super faithful. <laughs> <laughs> this person's our treasurer.
0: They right. They make sure that this building runs from <laughs> right. from right. day to day. Or
1: this person has the spiritual gift of showing mercy. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, there you go <laughs> but but there're things that are like super important that are needed in every church and it, like most people focus on the most visual parts of a church which is your preaching and your worship and it's like those are the pe- like those are the people that are going to get the most attention that's and as as individuals we are somewhat prideful and we want the the attention that comes with those positions and i feel like that's the reason why a lot of people elevate it so much higher than it actually is
0: yeah and i don't want to knock on i don't want to knock on worship teams no. i don't want to knock on worship leaders there are so many good worship leaders who you know the attention and all that that comes with it people are able to to really temper it and really have a good mind about it. I would say most worship leaders go into no no go in knowing mm. that like it's it's something that people will be drawn to and you'll get a certain amount of attention for it, but that is not why you're there to show off your talents. You're there to lead people in worship. It's very much a leadership position and and how you do that effectively, it's It's one thing to be able to put on a good performance. It's one thing to be able to lead people in worship. And they are different. Mm -hmm. And music. people who use music in order to lead someone in worshiping God, I do think, is extremely valuable. But it is not the musical talent that gets them there. It is their, their faithfulness, their understanding of God, their use of their spiritual gift. And so you know it's it is something that we do have to know that it's not the musical talent that is the spiritual gift it is a gift Mm -hmm. it is a gift a god-given gift it's a talent but it is not a spiritual gift
1: yes and that's i think it's just interesting because you think of other things like um you have drama team kind of falls under that i'm trying to think um prayer team like i it, like there are people who pray really really well like they, mm. they can they can give very elegant prayer but it's not that's not the spiritual gift right. the spiritual gift behind that is probably faith okay or encouraging. like it, it's just it, it, it's one of those things where it's like we we focus so much on the what our organization calls it and uses but we don't focus on the underlying gifts that yeah. come al- that are needed for that to be used
0: yeah and i think a lot of times too and i this is kind of recycling something we've already talked Mm -hmm. about is it's a lot easier to feel like you're doing a good job with your spiritual gift when your spiritual gift usage is something that can be affirmed by someone else yes so if you have the gift of teaching for example or you have the gift of evangelism, for example, someone can come up to you and affirm the use of your gift pretty easily by saying, oh, that was a good lesson. Mm-hmm. Man, I, you know, you really, and, uh, you really spoke to me. And for the first time, I understood the gospel message because of your evangelism. Like, these mm-hmm. are things where you can obviously be affirmed in, whereas something like the gift of discernment might take some time right Right. it might might take some time because using the gift of discernment you might have given somebody some advice and and some guidance Mm -hmm. where they were wanting you to discern something spiritually for them or Mm -hmm. or you are part of a leadership team on a church where you had to discern something it might be a long time before you realize that that was effective or not right and that is still something that at the end of the day can be affirmed Mm -hmm. but i think of things like Like faith, mm-hmm. the person, the only one affirming that is God,
1: right? <laughs> so, or like you think of like even administration, like nobody's going to come up to you and say, "You do a really good job paying the bills."
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, it's true though. Like that doesn't happen yeah. as much, and
1: it's. And I think, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's just because we're all just sinful beings and we want the attention. I think it's like people people really want to be the person that's getting the affirmation. Yeah. And that's why you see like a lot of people maybe doing, serving in a capacity that's outside of their wheelhouse, Mm -hmm. outside that spiritual gift that they've been given. And they get really discouraged and they get burned out because they're not doing what God has given them to do. Yeah. I mean, I I think it comes, I think that really is what it comes down to where it's like, I'm going to do something that, I, that God hasn't given me the gift to do. And then I'm going to get discouraged because I'm not doing it. Like, not that you're not doing it well, but you're trying your hardest and you're not seeing a lot of fruit. Right. <laughs> and and then it's just like, well, I'm, I'm working. I'm, I'm at the church five days a week doing this, this, and this. And it's like, why is this not happening? Like, why am I not seeing the fruit of it? And it's just like, well, because your spiritual gift isn't that. Yeah, it's something else. And yeah. And I do you think a lot of burnout would be prevented if people figured out what their spiritual gifts were?
0: I think that a lot of burnout could be prevented from that. I also think if a lot more of the body was being the body (laughs) and and that's that is that's a tough part, right? Like every church in some extent, if we're using the illustration of the body is somewhat crippled because we're not we're not. Operating at a hundred percent efficiency. If I have a finger that one day decides it just doesn't want to be a finger in work, my body is going to be massively affected by it. I need all five of my fingers.
1: Ten or, of your fingers you have I need, I need You're looking at one hand all five
0: of my fingers on each hand. Don't interrupt me next time, Josh. <laughs> Ah, that's what happens when you look at your hand while you talk, and when you only look at one. So, <laughs> Cody has both hands, okay? <laughs> this is
1: an audio podcast. So,
0: so, it, and, and even First Corinthians 12 talks about this, right? You know, and
1: technically your thumbs aren't fingers. Yeah, whatever, uh. they're, they're
0: fingers. Thumbs are actually way more important than the your fingers, finger. anyway. So, <laughs> So. If you if you all of a sudden were to have a member of the body that doesn't want to do what it's supposed to do life is going to get hard really quick right mm-hmm. if you if you have an eye that you wake up one day and you can't see out of one of your eyes it's going to it's Make going sure. to
1: screw up your whole entire vision or if like you want to know what I'm thinking right now mm-hmm. it's like your foot decides to go to sleep and never wants to wake up yeah like you know how weird like it feels weird when you're walking around on a a sleep foot yeah and you're just like imagine like if if you're looking at the church and you just have granted the, the foot's not the most attractive body part but i mean it's like i don't want to be a foot today yeah and it's just like well you're gonna be wobbling around as an as a church because you're not gonna be able to move as easily
0: <laughs> and think about like for example right like an ear you know, an ear doesn't get a whole lot of glory, but I'll tell you what: if you lose one of your your ears, as far as hearing capacity goes, that has a huge effect. I mm-hmm. knew someone who was deaf in one ear, and you would think, "Oh, you still have the other one, right?" And no, mm-hmm. it, it's it, it's really bizarre only being able to hear out of one ear, mm-hmm. because you really only hear half, half. of your life, and right. it's. It's bizarre to think about it that way.
1: Don't you also know somebody who lost like a certain frequency?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Which is also weird. Yeah. Certain frequencies are lost, and and there's just all these things. The body is such a good illustration. And talking Mm -hmm. about spiritual gifts, it's it's good to know that all of the gifts are important for the church. The ones that are easy to be affirmed and recognized, and the ones that aren't as easy to be affirmed and recognized. Because you know what? There's not a whole lot of people who every day are going to commend the work of like your ears or your nose or your eyes. However, they might commend the work of like your mouth, for example, because you might be a very charismatic person. Or your hands, because you might be very crafty with your hands. Or even your feet, because you could be an athlete, right? So all these things that can be affirmed about the body and its work, there's only a few members of the body that kind of get a lot of credit. Mm -hmm. But there's a whole lot of other parts that are necessary that don't get as much credit, right? They don't do as much visible work. But without them, oh my goodness. Like, Could you imagine being a craftsman with fully functional hands, but non-functional eyes? It's really tough. It'd be a, it'd mm-hmm. be tough to be a woodworker who is blind.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, because that would that, <laughs> that's an accident
0: waiting yeah. to happen. Then you might only have five fingers.
1: <laughs> to
0: say a really bad joke right there. That is
1: terrible. But anyway, it's
0: it's it's the the togetherness of the body. It's the togetherness of the the church that matters. And there is not a spiritual gift on this list that doesn't matter. If you have one of the spiritual gifts on this list, don't think that yours is is lesser or, or less important because it's not as recognized. The reality is that all of the members of the body, all of the spiritual gifts are absolutely important and crucial. And that's the way God has made it. So
1: Didn't you just say tongues aren't as important? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, <laughs> let's think about it this way, Josh. The gift of tongues can still be effective in in the area of say for example like remote part of the world where God can miraculously use someone's usage of speaking in a language they didn't know i mean like i, I said I no I, i'm just i'm just pointing it out because you I, did say I it i don't want to put god in a box but i just don't see i don't see it as much in practice maybe
1: That's maybe I mean. in the mainstream u.s right. church like google translate takes yeah. care of a lot of yeah, that. yeah
0: yeah exactly and being westerners like part of western culture you know united states europe all all this influence from these environments have a have a great impact on how we experience Christianity. And it's much different in different mm-hmm. parts of the world. It mm-hmm. just really is.
1: It's a different type of spiritual warfare. Yeah. 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 So Okay.
0: Anyway, that's kind of a majority of my thoughts. We're already over an hour here. Um but I could talk about this for a lot longer, just rambling on. But I think we could wrap it up here. Yeah, if we so if we get some people who write in who have further questions, who would like us to expound on some of the other gifts, I'd be more than happy to do that in a part two. Uh, but if we don't hear anything from anybody else, then we'll kind of move on to our next topic next time. Or, or in a few weeks or whatever, Revisit Spiritual Gifts, we'll do like a part two, try to cover the things we didn't. But uh, we just yeah, kind of wanted and- to have a discussion about it
1: yeah and if anybody like if you guys have anything that you want us to talk about or any any critiques or like things that you think we could be doing better just let us know please because we we want to hear from you guys and i mean that's the reason we have comments and that's the reason we have the facebook page and that's why we have the contact form it's like we want to hear what you guys want what you guys think Number one, what you guys think about what we're doing, and just give us get tell us what you want us to talk about. Um, and then just l- like give us give us examples of how what we're talking about has happened in your life and just yeah. what's going on because we want to share those stories. so. Yeah.
0: And we're still looking for people to get on the show. We have a couple of people who I've heard are interested. Yes. And uh, a couple of people uh, on both sides of this this table we're sitting at here. Josh sits on one side. I sit on the other. Uh, Both of us have talked to people who are interested. It's just a matter of being able to get them on and working out the logistics, so we are going to be having different experiences here coming up, and I know I'm so thankful for everyone who has listened, but we're going to try and get some new voices on here, some new perspectives and some highlights on some new ministries to really kind of expand and make this podcast what we really want it to be, is a collection of different people in different ministries, different churches, different parts of the world coming together, sharing their stories, just being so thankful that we're all part of the same the the same body of believers and doing that and and I'm really excited for who's who's coming on and coming up. Any closing thoughts, Josh, as we wrap nope. up
1: here. I'm good.
0: All right. Well, we want to thank you all for checking out episode 11 of Raking Coles And want to remind you again, please visit e43collective.com. Check out our other podcast, The After Sunday Discussion. Be on the lookout for a good one coming up next Sunday because I'm super excited to talk about a whole lot of stuff. And so we will have one coming out next Sunday. Uh, you, well, this coming Sunday, actually, because you'll be getting this on Wednesday. And... And make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts to both Raking and Coals and the After Sunday Discussion. Check out our blog. Thank you so much for listening. You guys all have a great week and a good day. Thank you so much and be blessed.